Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Now this morning, we're in the midst of our series, our Advent series called The Wonder of Christmas. In this series, we've been exploring the themes of this Advent season, the traditional themes for the Advent season of hope, peace, joy, and today, love. And you think about this, the season of Advent and the season of Christmas, think about love. And a question for you, just because I want to make sure that you're awake and that your brain is working this morning. The question is this, what, what is one thing you love about Christmas, about Christmas time? Like, it's just like nothing at all. I, 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 it's, maybe it's too much. I can't ponder it. I don't know. Music. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the music. Great music, whether, whether it's a secular music, you know, like Michael Bublé or something like that, singing some of the traditional Christmas songs, or whether like the Christmas, you know, hymns and carols are singing here. Yeah, music is great. Nativity scenes. How many of you have more than one nativity scene in your house? How many have more than two? More than 10? Oh, that, that, like one, how many have more than 20? Oh, and now there's no hands up, just so you know. There's at least one to 10. Wow, this is great. And a little different nativity scenes. You know, I've got a few. I, got, I still have in a box somewhere when the kids were little, the Fisher-Price nativity scene, you know, which amazingly survived, as well as some, you know, old, they look like the one that I had growing up, but it's from Walmart, so it hasn't changed in decades. You know, we got, you know, a nativity scene from Poland because we've gone to Poland a number of years, so we bought one from, from Poland. All right, what else do you love about this time of year? Church, traditions. Family. Lights. Oh, yeah, the lights. Tell the story. You know, the one thing I love about lights is when other people put up lights and their homes and neighborhoods are beautiful. Because then I go for a drive and say, that looks so beautiful. I didn't have to do it. It's a great time of year. I mean, I love the food and, 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 and maybe the cookies that are around this time of year and, and family and, and the story. The story. And that's really what we're here to celebrate is the story of Jesus' birth, and what that means for our lives today, what that means for the world we live in. Well, as they do that, let's kind of focus in on these words of Mary here, and you know, I, and I love the video they had with the, the angels speaking, and, 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 and says, you know, what did she say to her parents? But first, you know, she asked this question when these angels says these words to her, you're going to have a son. Let's read this together. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? You know, and again, the question we don't get is, what, what did she do and what was the conversation with her parents when she went home? And the, the wonder and the awe of, of all of this. But I love this story that, that God is going to step into our world and into our lives. This story, this true story of God's amazing love for you and for me. And we especially focus in, in this season and in many of the things that we enjoy doing this time of the year help remind us, they reinforce this story of God's love. So as we talk about this, this Advent love, this, this Christmas love, let's really explore this theme of love and what it means for us. Even as the angel spoke to Mary, and then even as Joseph was going to divorce her quietly, you know, so he didn't get her stoned to death, because that's what would have happened if they would have thought that she had had an affair before they were married, because that's the way things would have worked. 
the angel says, don't divorce her because what is going on here is of God. That God is unfolding something through the birth of this child, through this pregnancy, through this moment in history. But as we look at this moment in history, we have to kind of peel back and go further back. In fact, God's love, God's love is from the beginning. Because God created this world because he loved this world. This is an amazing thing about God. God is outside of time, so God is eternal. God created us because he loved us. And because he loved us, he created us. It's kind of like, why did God send Jesus? God sent Jesus because he loves us. And he loves us because he sent Jesus. Just pause and think about that for a moment. You know, again, God is outside. and His love is outside of time. God's love is from the beginning. So this brings us to the garden. God has created this world that his humanity is living in, his creation is living in. And the way it was to work is that he would love them and they would love him and love one another, but they were tempted. They were lured into believing that there's something more they needed to feel and experience love. There was something they could love more than even God. And so they eat the forbidden fruit. They believe they can be like God. And in that moment, God's perfect creation is broken. And yet God makes a promise of love. And again, what's amazing is God is outside of all of this. So God, even as he created us, knew this event was going to happen and knew already the promise he was going to make. Let's read this promise that God has for his humanity, for even us today. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. I will cause this hostility. What God is saying to Adam and Eve and to all of their descendants is that this one that will come, this seed, this descendant, he will come and he will crush the head of the serpent. Now, if you're familiar with the story of Genesis, you know, it's the serpent, you know, who, you know, the devil uses to speak and to deceive Adam and Eve. And saying that same way now, this descendant is going to come and he's going to crush the head of the serpent. But his heel will be bruised. And this foretells that this Thing that has happened here in God's creation, that God is going to undo it. God is going to destroy the power of the devil. God is going to destroy sin and even death itself. Yet, this descendant, this seed, he will be bruised. So already in this promise, God is pointing to not just the birth of Jesus, but to his suffering, his death, and his resurrection. God's love from the beginning. And we see this promise interwoven throughout all of God's interaction with his people as we read through scriptures. So as you read the Old Testament, sometimes people say, well, the Old Testament is just an angry God, a God of law. No, it's a God of love. Is it a God who is hurt and disappointed when his creation, his people sin against him, rebel against him? Yes. But it's a God who again and again promises his love. A God promises to love us even when we don't deserve that love. A God who loves us regardless of what we've done or where we've been in our lives, in our thoughts, in our words, in our actions. 
In fact, God's loving promise. So many times we see this in Scripture, and, and there's so many I can say this is one of my favorite, kind of like, you know, what, what do you love most about Christmas? One of my favorite of many uh, Scripture passages, passages is this one here from Isaiah. As God speaks, let's read these words together. There's a couple slides here. For the mountains may move and the hills disappear, but even then my faithful love for you will remain. My covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord who has mercy on you. So even though if, if the mountains quake, you know, and, and, and the hills, you know, just disappear, everything's shaking and, and falling apart. I don't know if you've ever been like an earthquake before. Have you ever, have some of you been in an earthquake before? It's a weird experience. My experience that I remember was in Portland, Oregon, and I was sleeping. And I woke up at a certain time in the morning, and my wife, I think, was up, it was late at night, and the table moved or something like that. And then we realized when we watched the news, there was an earthquake. Okay, it wasn't that scary. It wasn't like some people have where the whole things are just rattling and falling off. But this is the idea that we had that like the whole world is shaking. God says, even if the whole world shakes, everything is falling apart in the world, in your nation, in your community, in your life. God says, my faithful love will not disappear. My promise to you is to love you. And that's a promise that we hold on to. That whether life is peaceful and calm, whether life is tumultuous and scary and overwhelming and everything is falling apart, we can hold on to God's promise of love. Because it's a promise that is guaranteed to us. And that little baby born in Bethlehem to the one who grew to live a life for us and to give his life for us at the cross, to rise again from the grave. My covenant blessing, God says, will never be broken because that covenant blessing is sealed in the blood of Jesus. It's not dependent on what we do. It doesn't depend on how many times we're at church or how much you know, we throw in the offering or how much you know, we bring you know, donations or how good we try to be. It is based on God's goodness, on his mercy, on his grace, on his love. God's love with us. That's what we celebrate at Christmas time, ultimately. God's love with us. That little baby born in Bethlehem, that one promised to Mary and Joseph. That's God's love with us. The Apostle John writes it this way. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God's love with us. Or I think some of the other words that John recorded, these are words of Jesus, but John recorded these in his gospel. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, or God loved the world this way, that he gave his one and only son. God's love with us. God's love with you and Jesus. Wherever you are at in life right now, whatever is happening in your life right now, whether everybody knows it, whether a few people know it, whether nobody knows it, God knows. And God, in love, is with you. 
As we speak about God's love being with us, and then the season of Advent and Christmas, and we celebrate this love, this is also not a love that we just hold on to, a promise that we don't just simply hold on to. It's a promise, it's a guarantee of love that shapes our every day, that shapes our very person. Our call to this Advent love. That we call to take this love outside you know, of ourselves, that we are so filled with God's love that it overflows through us. That it calls us to action. Again, continuing with John's words here, just a verse later, 1 John 4, 11. Let's read this together. Dear friends, since God loved us this much, we must love each other. Since God loved us, we must love each other. And not a must as in the shaking finger. You better, you know, like mom and dad telling you, you better be good. You better treat each other well. That's your brother. You should love your brother. Is as in we must, as, as we are just so filled with this love, that this love gives us so much energy, so much passion, so much desire to love others with a love that we have been loved. Now, is that easy to do? Yeah, some of you are like, uh, some of you are like, yeah, no, it's not. It, it, it's not. I mean, even if you do a pretty good job, it, it's not easy to do. I mean, is it always easy to love the people sitting next to you? If you say yes, some of you are laughing. If you say yes, you know, you're pretty good. If you're like, yeah, no, it's not. I'm lucky my wife's not sitting next to me. I wouldn't say that about her. She would say that about me. It's not easy to love this guy. It's always easy to love people who are different than you are, who think differently than you do, especially when you get together with family. It's Christmas time. You're going to be with all the family. And does everybody think and act and believe like you do? Are there some of those family members that are more challenging to love than others? You betcha. In fact, there are even people who are not family, the people that we may have little connection with or we may work with or go to school with or they're our neighbors, and yet God calls us to love. That as we celebrate this love, we don't just celebrate that God's love came down at Christmas. Another great Christmas song, right? That God's love came down at Christmas. That, 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 that love in the flesh gave us life for us, but that that love shapes us. It assures us that we are loved. That you can say with me, say this with me, yes, I am loved. Yes, I am loved. And it enables us to love as we've been loved. Not perfectly, but that's why we have a God who loves us, who forgives us, and who strengthens us. But he gives us that desire and that willingness to say, I'm going to strive to love as I've been loved by the God of the universe. This is Advent love. This is Christmas love. In fact, as we think about, you know, this season and this love that God has for us, this really becomes a marker for us as we are followers of Jesus. They will know we are Christians, you know, by our love. So we can say this. Think about, you know, what it is we take on is we wear this love every day. That we wear the love of Jesus as a distinguishing mark as his follower. 
And as we wear that love, it, again, it assures us. We wear that love knowing I'm loved by the God of the universe, but also that I wear this love out into this world and to all those that I will encounter this week. Whether they look like, think like me, whether they look like, think like, not me. Because they too are loved by the God who said those words that he gave his one and only son for the world. He loved the world. And he loves you. And through you, he carries his love into this world. You hear at Holy Savior, we talk about growing in Jesus and sharing his love. And one of the ways we grow in Jesus is we grow in his love. And we share his love. We share that love with each other. And we share that love just like we did as collecting those items for the seniors at the Belmont Community Center. Or earlier this year, you know, things for some of our public schools or serving our community with trunk or treat. And those different ways we serve it, like Matt Talbot's kitchen, those are ways that we carry that love outside the walls here. To love as he has loved us. So here's a challenge for us as we go into this remaining week and remaining two weeks of the year. Oh my goodness, the year's almost up. Wow. So listen this. I'm going to give you this challenge. Ask for his love to be evident in your words and actions as you interact with others. So you can do that in prayer. In just a moment, we'll do a prayer. But here's what I want you to do. Again, just think about this and, and ask God, you know, for his love to be evident in your words and actions as you interact with others this week. Yes, even those sitting next to you right now. But let's pray this together. Father God, thank you for your generous love to me. Thank you that you see the abundance of my life rather than my shortfalls. Help me to offer that same gracious love to those I mingle with this Christmas season. Pour your love into my heart so I can give it away. May they know I am a follower of Jesus by my love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time.